welcome to the Disobedient Scientist podcast. I'm Patty Martin. Every week, this podcast explores how to have an effective climate conversation that motivates change, inspires, and allows us to live with grounded optimism. This podcast encourages us to fully own our climate stories so we can begin building something new. Who we are is how we lead. We are not helpless around climate change. We have a choice to do this different. We can choose resiliency over disengagement, courage over comfort. I am so excited you have decided to join me here. Welcome. So this week, our episode starts with me in my first month of grad school. I was a young 25, absolutely thrilled to be living in New York City. It's a place I had visited when I was about nine years old. I absolutely fell in love with the vibrancy and the energy and the flair of the city and always wanted to move back. And there I was in it, seeing if I'd make it or break it. I was still rocking my California tan. I was fit, so eager to please. Like it was dripping out of me. And believe it or not, I was super shy. I had yet to find my voice. And I very much was internally questioning if my input and my ideas were really worthy of discussion. Definitely at that time, I was questioning whether or not the grad admissions office had made a mistake and I wasn't even supposed to be there, that I had somehow fooled them all and gotten into this amazing grad program. And when I think about it, it would actually take me about a year and a half to find the courage to ask a question in a group of more than five people. Anyways, so here I am in New York City in this crash course of bioinformatics, where for a week straight, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., I don't think it was actually those hours, but like for the full day, I just did bioinformatics. And it was here that I learned for the first time about Rosalind Franklin, the chemist, the woman whose foundational work led to the discovery of the DNA double helix structure. Now, as a biology student, I have learned the story of Watson Crick like a thousand times. I've been in school my whole life. I've heard their names my whole life and how they discovered that DNA was a double helix structure. I have taught their story to students. I have learned about their logic and reasoning and how they troubleshot their experiments. I've even learned about the type of people they were when they made this discovery. Every textbook shows them as the heroes of biology. And I knew they had won the Nobel Prize for it. That they went on to be pioneers and leaders in the field of molecular biology that to this day, Watson still rules supreme at Cold Spring Harbor. Yet in all of my biology classes, I had never heard of Rosalind Franklin. In reflection, 
I have seen her image before. She was taught to me. But until this moment, she was never reflected to me as a hero of science. And it is absolutely not lost on me that I didn't learn about her in a biology class. I learned about her in a very prestigious graduate school from a third-year PhD student, Amanda, who is amazing, who was teaching me coding. She wasn't even teaching me biology. In fact, she had recommended that I check out Rosalind, which is this bioinformatics website. And our conversation slowly spiraled into this question of who the fuck is Rosalind Franklin? And it was really in that moment that I realized science has such shadows. And these are these places where unsung heroes remain invisible. And that the only way we get to look into those places, it's not through our textbooks and through our classes. It's through organically talking about these people because they haven't made it. They have been excluded purposefully in most cases. Now, flash forward seven years, I am a newly minted PhD in immunology And I am just beginning to build a career in climate solutions. Like I'm just starting and I am, I am reading everything I absolutely can about this topic. Like I am consuming it. I learn about the Swedish physicist, Savant Arrhenius, Uranus. I'm sorry, Savant. I am absolutely mispronouncing your name. His name is pronounced Svante Arrhenius. But he's a big deal. He is a Nobel, another Nobel laureate. He w- went on and served on the Nobel Committee. And he was the first person to estimate that the world was going to get warmer due to carbon dioxide in our atmosphere. And really interestingly, he, ha- he estimated that it was going to get about four degrees warmer and he thought it was going to be a great idea because he, he's Swedish and the winters up there are super harsh. And so he thought four degrees warmer, great, like our crops are going to go better and we're going to have like less harsh springs and, you know, Sweden will be more bearable with a little bit rise in temperature. Kind of ironic in some ways, I guess, or weirdly humorous. Anyways, I learned about him. I also learned about this Irish scientist, John Tyndall, who is considered to be the godfather of the greenhouse gas effect. Like, that is literally how people describe him. In all of my reading, in all of the publications, the books, the science articles, the reviews that are put out there about climate change and the history of climate science, do you know whose name I never read? Eunice Foote. Yeah. Who the fuck is Eunice Foote? So I first found out about Eunice, not from my studies, unsurprisingly, but from a story on Instagram. It was this femme science account I follow. And I'm just, you know, I'm just scrolling one day and just by happenstance, her name pops up and it says that she is a pioneer of climate science. And similar to Rosalind Franklin, 
Her work pioneers the field of climate change science. She literally showed Svante and John what to think about in their discoveries. There's not much out there about her. But to the best of my ability, here it is. Eunice was born in 1819. She's an, she's American. And she's considered to be an amateur scientist. And when I read this, it really, like, I balk at that word amateur. Nobody gets to call her a freaking amateur when she wasn't allowed to go and study or get a degree, when she had to ask men to present her research for her because she couldn't talk at scientific conventions. She couldn't vote. No, we don't get to call her amateur. Darwin, too, was amateur, yet that is not how history remembers him. Anyways, in the 1850s, she demonstrated that water vapor in the air, what we would now call humidity, gets warmer and warmer from the sun the more carbon dioxide is mixed in. She said, and I quote, carbon dioxide creates an atmosphere of gas that would give to our earth a higher temperature. Her work was presented at the 1856 annual meeting of the American Association for the Advancement of Science, AAAS. She had to get her male colleague, Joseph Henry, to present her findings. Her work was presented three years before John Tyndall's experiments and three years before Svante was even born. Now, I imagine Eunice to be this fucking badass. She attended the first women's rights convention in Seneca Falls in 1848. Her name is actually fifth on the list of the Declaration of Sentiments. And 200 years after her birth, in July of 2019, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration did the brave and difficult work of finally acknowledging Eunice's contribution to climate science. Her story teases of a woman filled with resilience, a critical thinker, a fighter, someone I would want to know. May every woman and girl learning science hear about her. May we view her as this resilient, amazing scientific fighter. If you are enjoying this podcast, it would be so helpful and appreciated if you followed it and left a five-star review. You can do this on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It's super easy. And this really helps me so much. Every one of your voices matters and I really take into account what you have to say to me. Thank you so much for being a supporter.